Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What's happening, everybody? Today on Cannabis Legalization News, we have some federal news. A House lawmakers have introduced the HOPE Act. It's been reintroduced. It's bipartisan. It helps with expungements. New York's first delivery-only cannabis dispensary opened in Albany. There's some confusion over weed policies that might be blunting recruits for our intelligence agencies in the country. New Jersey cops have sued over off-duty cannabis usage. A Massachusetts cannabis company has said that 420 is a paid holiday for its staff. And uh, feds have a Michigan man who has pled guilty to cannabis-related bribes. And then there's also why people and worms get munchies after using cannabis. Let's get into it this week. Hey, man. Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media is joining us this week because Miggy is still off. But thank you so much for joining us, Jimmy. I told you I never met a camera or a microphone I didn't like. Yeah. 
You have a storied history in this. You're a professional. You've been seasoned for years. Yeah, that's what happens when you get old, Thomas. I did, you have a lot of experiences, a lot of life experiences, a lot of people too, which is good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We had a big week. The main story that we really thought was this House lawmakers have reintroduced a bipartisan cannabis expungement act. I'm not sure if you saw this one going around, but it's called the HOPE, Harnessing Opportunities by a Pursuing Expungement Act. That is some pretty big news because it would help expunge a lot of these convictions that many low-level offenders have. Yeah, and the states have, I believe the states are being urged to do that. And I only think a couple states have actually taken advantage of it. But speaking of states, Thomas, isn't there another state we should be talking about? A very teeny weeny little one? There is. There's a teeny little state that did something, that did something earlier. And this is the state of Delaware. Delaware has a very interesting legalization story. Jimmy, why don't you explain how Delaware got to where it is and where is it? If at first you don't succeed, you try again. This is actually the second bill that the governor has had on his desk. The first one he decided to veto because he was the governor. And even though the House and the Senate in Delaware had already approved the bill, there are a few things he didn't like. So he decided to put his little personal touch on it and send it back. And now it's back on his desk with those little personal touches. And he still didn't sign it. We're talking about, I believe the guy's name is Governor John Carney is his name. And the good news now, though, because he did not sign it and he's had plenty of time to do it, it becomes law, which means Delaware is state number 22 adult use legal. And that's actually an amazing accomplishment. Thomas, if you remember, like even five years ago, it, you had 10. Now you're up to 22. Yeah. Yeah, 22 states now that Delaware is there. And I don't think 2023 is over yet. It wouldn't surprise me if there's going to be a few more that sneak in. They'll have to do it legislatively. Minnesota has its bill moving. And so it'll be interesting to see if that gets passed this year. I hope it does. But yeah, the Delaware model where it was passed last year and then it was passed this year with veto-proof majorities. And then he doesn't sign it. And so like you, but this is where, okay, great. Stoked that they're the 22nd state. Big thumbs up everybody. If you're checking out this on YouTube and tag somebody from Delaware, that'll be difficult because there's only like a million people there, but uh, veto proof majorities and he didn't sign it. And so if you have a bad administration or an administration that doesn't really want to get on board, it can be legal and you can sandbag the legality for years. Mm. It's politics and lawyers, not my two. I have a lot of respect for both. Don't get me wrong, Thomas, because I know you're a practicing attorney. I'm not a practicing politician, though. (laughs) And neither would I be because of all those skeletons in the closet. Oh, I better close my closet. No, I'm only kidding. Seriously, let's go back to Delaware. This is what bothers me about politics. Men in particular, to be honest, because he needed to put his own little personal nudge back to the House and the Senate in Delaware in order for him to feel good about not signing it again and letting it become law. I just, 
it reeks of ego more than anything else. And uh, I'm not going to let it get in the way of any kind of a celebration because I do think it's time for them. They have the House and the Senate. That's how states are supposed to work, right? When they have super majorities too, like veto-proof majority. No, we're legalizing it. We are legalizing it. And we have the news out of WHYY. So that is the Y, I'm assuming. Their public radio station over in Delaware because they call him the governor. And he said in a statement that the debate has gone on for far too long, even though he still opposes legalization, he won't stop it anymore. Oh, isn't that nice of him? I mm. hope they vote him. He's not running for re-election, I'm pretty sure. I really? Yeah, I remember reading that. And so he's just saying, nah, nah. Yeah. The voters who put me here, it's really a sad thing that happens. Yeah, and the administration. So we'll be reporting on Delaware like on a weekly basis. And so hopefully you guys tune back into more cannabis legalization news in the future. And we do these types of things because sometimes an administration stands in the way of the will of the people, even the super veto-proof majority of their legislatures. So like when they legalized up north in North Dakota, the governor, Nome up there just stopped it and then sued and got their ultra-conservative Supreme Court to agree with her. Here he didn't do anything. And now what if he has like deadlines and so he'll just appoint one person to be in the agency and it'll never get done because there's so much to do. And one person, it would take years for them to do that work. Thomas, can I ask you a question? I'm going to turn it around on you a little bit. How upsetting is it for you that our Supreme Court and our federal courts have become politicized? Is that the word? Oh, that's supposed to be a check and a balance, right? That judicial arm supposed to be the most balanced arm. It's the least political of all the arms. And they still are the least political, but they're very political. Right now it's become too political, I think. If it's the least political, can they get back to that spot again? I don't know. Maybe, but they still are fairly non-political because they have a lifetime appointment. So they don't need to run for re-election. They just need to have their mom's house paid for by a nice donor, which did happen. And so that was interesting that if you become a justice on the court, your mom's house might just get paid for for a while. It's like being the quarterback on the college football team. You do it. There are some benefits to it. At least now those guys can get paid. Yeah. We have another huge story that happened out of the West Coast this week. And it says, I almost can do a stock news ticker for this. If I'm going to introduce it, we really should. And I'm going to make some content on this because this is interesting. And because it's about cookies and burner, I can put that in the title. And so if I was going to do burner's IP agreement, I'll do that. But this is burner's partnership dispute lawsuit. And so that is stock news because cookies did just raise their they just had a fundraise that closed. So yeah. let's hit this. Cookies CEO Burner has responded to a recent lawsuit filed against his company. He's the CEO, of course, of Cookies and then the incorporation of Cookies, its parent company, which is not just called Cookies. But they were sued by some of their other shareholders. So this lawsuit is in California and 
it alleges that cookies use their resources to promote their own interests, causing their cost to more than double. And they also demanded some kickbacks or other personal benefits in order to do business with cookies. This is a shareholder dispute lawsuit in the one of the most famous, if not the largest, privately held cannabis corporations in the country. Yeah. And isn't this is that doesn't this happen in other industries too? All the time. All right. the time. And but, but then you can do cookies dispute lawsuit and then you can go over the lawsuit and, and explain why it is a derivative suit. Well, it's not a derivative suit. It's a shareholder oppression suit. So these guys own the all the shares and they can control the company and they're just getting their own benefits. Can you believe that stuff? Uh, exactly like every other industry. That, and I'm going to take this as a sign of normalization. That not necessarily a mature. This is not a mature industry yet. Until we get rid of the cash, it's not a mature industry. Yeah. Until they can get listed. Like, so like, this isn't a publicly <laughs> traded company yet. But he calls, Berner calls them extremely false, har harmful, damaging claims. Look, it's a, when it becomes, it's a, not a he said, she said, but it's they said. Or they said and we said. That's it. They and we. I got They it. and we. Yeah. They and we. And doesn't it just come down to a settlement? Doesn't it, Thomas, don't you just 90... sit in that room with other lawyers and just cut deals? Yes. And so that is very accurate. It's over 90% of the time litigation settles without a trial. And as a result, I'm betting there's a 90% likelihood that this will also settle without a trial. Look, if they could settle, if they settled that Fox lawsuit, okay, without a yeah. trial, which was, would have been really entertaining, but damaging. So I'm glad they finally came up with a number. It would have been very entertaining and damaging. And yeah. so they had to have had somebody in the finance department go, guys, this is how much revenue we're probably anticipating losing. This is how much the settlement costs. And we get to say that we didn't do anything wrong. It's very important. Yeah. It, again, this is what makes the world go round. Money, lawyers, laws. And in fact, I, my first business, my cousin had a great line. because you're not a legitimate business until you get sued for the first time. Yeah, you will get sued because that's how the rules of money work. When there is money, sometimes somebody would just rather sue to take it than pay it. And in American business, that does happen. And it just happened to, to burners and cookies, and that'll probably get settled. But it'll be interesting because like, I, I got the complaint and I got it from somebody on Instagram. Shout out to the blacklist or the shit. And um, so now I have it. I'm going to read it. And I could have one of these where I've read it and I'm like, make some notes on it and just go over it for 15 minutes. And then you SEO the hell out of that video, match it to a website, and then people will find you when they need cannabis legal services. That's why you called Thomas Howard. That's one of the reasons why you call me. I prefer if it has to do with the capital raise and there's a financial model and real cash on the line. What's your, uh, what's your, what's the scuttlebutt you're hearing? Cause I, it's doom and gloom. Benzinga, it rained on Benzinga for three days in Miami and people were complaining about it and nobody has access to capital and 
right. we can both agree that it certainly slowed down. And if you look, I think it went from like 22, it's a 22 to 3 million billion, whichever one it is, uh, investment in that, in the capital gains that have from year to year now. Oh, so, it's in the millions to get operational. Yeah. And then it depends on what your operating costs are going forward from there and how many more people are opening up shop right next door. Yeah, uh, and that is a difficult question, and it's the debate behind the limited licenses. As they try to protect their own license holders from the horrors of unfettered capitalism or free market <laughs> capitalism. But you have that. I think it's going to be a lot of washout and a lot of receiverships and a lot of M&A right. and a lot of recycling of the licenses where you have to figure out how to grow your stuff and move it for a reasonable price per pound you can't be you can't be growing a thousand dollar pound indoor stuff and hope to make it anymore you know, it's, it is a it, the margins are so slim it's very difficult for i don't care what state you're in to be honest with you so it look thomas you and i both know they the idea was we'll create a legal market for cannabis and it, it will retard the growth of the legacy market, at least purportedly. Purportedly, it was somebody's theory, anyway, mm -hmm. without talking to reality. That being said, I'm not quite sure it's worked out that way, because no state has gotten it right yet. No, not even close to getting it right yet. But I, I think New Jersey's done an okay job. I think Michigan's done an okay job. Then the problem is entrepreneurs sometimes take way more risk than they should. And they don't do near enough math as they also should, especially when they're making a leap into the millions of dollars. And we don't do that. Like we, we run numbers and we look at it and we go, the net present value of this is negative. Sure you want to get in on this? And it's one of the nice things that we have because we have a CFO that's really good at financials. And a lot of teams, I believe, are lacking that person that can actually do the numbers and tell them why they shouldn't be investing their capital on this or they should be investing their capital on that, even down to like how they are using their lights and their grow medium or where they're putting their dispensaries. But the regulatory compliance aspect of it can make it uh, very difficult to turn a profit. 100%. And that's why I don't think it's the, it's not a rush to green anymore, is it? it, it no, it's it, not a green rush. Now it's it's a green gamble. It's a green gamble. That's right. Yeah. Well, at least, yeah, there you go. And But every new business, every new industry has its risks and rewards. And while granted, not many are just a cash-based, federally illegal business, once again, making the cannabis space extremely unique. However, it, it, these are growing pains, and the more people like us, Thomas, that get out there and just share our opinions and explain it to people and talk to people, and no, don't be afraid to talk to people about the word and the plant that is cannabis. Aaron Smith said that. He the NCIA executive director in an interview. He really wants people who are truly pro-cannabis to teach pro-cannabis to people that need to be enlightened. It's, it's like he wants, it's almost like a rallying cry. Oh, they really need it. Cannabis is still under-consumed in this country. However, it takes time for that to happen. 
and it takes federal legalization. Until it's federally legalized, you're not going to get the same type of respect that you would if it was a legitimate thing. And we were watching some stuff about the opioid epidemic and how they used the Controlled Substances Act and changed how the DEA works to allow it to get out of hand. And now, can you imagine if the cannabis industry had that? If they had the ability to manipulate the Controlled Substances Act to change it for their own benefit, that would be fantastic. But somewhere this federal regulation is going to happen for this plant, and that's going to add another layer of complexity, which, again, is something that you should consider when it is 20 past the hour, as it is right now. And so it is 420 somewhere, especially on the East Coast. We'll be back in 11 seconds. Wow. That would have to be a really quick bong hit. Yep. That's one of the reasons why it was not a bong. It was a spoon. Okay. <laughs> uh, I believe a spoon is the technical term for a bowl this small. But okay. This might my, be wrong. This is my new product. Do I get to show it? You can. You're in a legal state, and the people that watch are, by and large, of age yeah. because we're not for kids. I think you can read that. There you go. So this is a Yellow Labs, betterwaystothc.com. Mm-hmm. A guy named Ander Wensberg's product out of Rhode Island. I consider Ander a friend. And this is three milligrams under your tongue. And it has quick impact. It's the closest thing to going outside and smoking a joint with a couple of guys or gals and coming back inside. That's it's awesome. Closest thing I've found. And I've been looking for this as a medical patient for 10 years yeah and then the problem is there's no you can't we don't have that i haven't seen those in our this is new to mark okay yep which the interstate system Mm -hmm. you know what a lot it's intra and so every that was made in massachusetts it's staying in massachusetts being sold in massachusetts i believe it was made well this the one i got was massachusetts it was originated in rhode island and then the and then Berkshire Roots had an exclusive deal with them, and that's the only place. IP licensing. That's going to be what that is, because then you right. have to get that into other states, and right. it's it's very difficult to do because the uh, it depends on how the, what it is, how they make it, and then is that some new m- procedure they need to teach in SOPs to somebody who has a license, which they probably can't get in another state. It's a recipe. It's a shared recipe with the ingredients and it, they put it together mm-hmm. in another state, but they replicate it by cloning plants, but no flower can go across lines. These recipes can, and isn't that kind of hypocritical, Thomas, that we have interstate commerce with concentrates and edibles and tinctures and all that stuff, not flour. But all those others that can be replicated state to state, it's happening. You're seeing a lot more companies from the West Coast coming out to the East Coast now. Hmm. All the time, I'm getting calls and talking to people. Until the operators in California are ballsy enough to like take the weed they can't sell, test it so it's 0.2% Delta 9 THC, label it USDA hemp and ship it to New York, I don't think we're legal enough. But... that's one of the things that whenever I get a, K, a canister and I have one over there, 
it's just way out of shot, so I can't go grab it. But fill for you if you need me to fill. The quick of it is just it is technically hemp, and so like it is 0.1% delta nine and like 30% THCA. So by the definition of the 2018 Farm Bill, it's legal. Just don't get it near fire. (laughs) That's right. Hey, did you see the note about the Louisiana? Louisiana state senators? No, I didn't see the Louisiana state senators. I saw something out of New York that I thought was going to royal the the licensing market there. No, I want to get to legislatures from Louisiana to Louisiana senator state. They were misled when they approved hemp legislation. They unknowingly legalized hemp products. These two senators, they're mm-hmm. all upset about it. Yeah. And as we know, oh, you can actually, there's a maximum two milligrams of THC. (laughs) That's not bad. Two milligrams. It's a micro dose to be certain. And technically, I don't think they're allowed to make that rule because it overrides the federal regulation. And so if that gummy by its weight and its dry weight basis is 0.3% or less Delta nine, it is by literal definition under the law hemp and it is not marijuana it's not a controlled substance so that they would actually make it illegal but then at the state i'm sorry at the interstate at the federal level that's hemp it's an agricultural commodity it's not illegal it's like saying you're caught with corn (laughs) it's an agricultural commodity it's by definition so it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of cool lawsuits out there, and this would be one of them. Like the lawsuits about the gun rights has been great to watch. The lawsuits about the Dormant Commerce Clause have been really interesting to see. Yep. And then lawsuits perhaps about what is and what is not hemp, and that the, the federal government was very clear on this, and they said this is legal. So the state can't override the feds. Do you think Mitch McConnell had any idea what he was doing when he got was urging the farm bill to be passed? Do you well, think depends on what t- is he a chaotic neutral? I realize that he's a senator, but maybe he doesn't mind watching the world burn. If you look like a turtle, you'd probably be all right turtle. watching the That's world the burn. Yeah. That's my man. Wow. Yeah, it's something else. But this news out of New York, this is interesting because it can it costs a lot of money to open a dispensary because of the regulations and whatnot in the state of New York. And New York's first delivery only cannabis business or dispensary opens in Albany. Community members with 21 and over with a bank account can now get weed legally delivered to their door in Albany County. And so this guy must have gotten his card license. Oh, is he a Native American area? No, but uh, was flower essential flowers legacy dispensaries deliveries officially began on 420 but it doesn't seem like it'd be licensed however because like the card regulations that they have in new york they have so many licenses that will be out there but they have to have their brick and mortar shop open first and so i haven't gotten a chance to really dig into this one but i've heard that they were thinking about trying to do something like this where the people that won the card license would then wow. just be able to start delivering He's and a, a warehouse full of all this stuff that I'm, I'm hoping he's got armed guards. 
Yeah, it's just I mean, it's, it's something else. And so, like, this is is this one of the card license holders? I'm assuming that he has to be because yeah. they're the only ones that have the ability to have the delivery aspect. But then, are they already operational? No, there's the word the acronym C A U R D is not there. So then, is this illicit? Which is very strange. There, is Albany allowing an unlicensed cannabis delivery operation? What, and it's it's law enforcement to do. They don't even understand. You know, what they can do and what they can't do still to the right. Yeah. And I don't even think that district attorneys want to prosecute it right now either because it, 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 it because it's the hemp aspect of it. Right. And so if everybody who's a commercial operator tests their product and it comes back as hemp and they stamp that and label it on their, their packaging, it's like, no, go talk to the testing lab. That's evidence. Yeah. And it's a business record. And it shows that, by frickin' law, that eighth that I bought and left with was industrial hemp. Do you think that the feds will require the type of testing that the cannabis sativa plant, the THC plant has to have, and the hemp and the CBD guys, they just kind of look the other way? Do you think we'll actually have to see testing being done on those CBD products before they go to the market? No, I think we're actually going to legalize weed, but... Uh, and well, so yes, they're still yes. going to need the testing. I mean, five to 10 years in that window. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. In five Good. to 10 years. I mean, like this thing takes forever. And then if there's a, a, a continued crash, because like everybody who invested in all the stocks and cannabis over the past 12 to 18 months lost everything, including their shirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you're asking people to invest more money to get these farms open and going. And then the price, it's not like anything else where the price of something goes up here. As you get more established, the prices go down, which is interesting that uh, how do you protect your margin then? How can you move your product? Uh, and it becomes a very tricky thing. It's not just what's my yield. Okay, great. That's going to be my cash flow. It's what's my yield. Okay. How much do I have I sold versus how much is an in inventory? Oh, no. Inventory. And it's a fascinating lesson in supply and demand. And at least now New York state can look at Massachusetts and compare the metrics of the growth to the canopy space, how quickly they open X number of dispensaries compared to how much grow they had. At one point, Thomas, two years ago, I want to say during the pandemic, it's all blurry back there anyway. Mm-hmm. $4,400 for a pound of cannabis in Massachusetts. It's wow. down to 900 now. Wow. Yeah. That now, is, that's uh, supply and demand, though. Do you know what I mean? In the beginning, no one had it, so the prices go up. And then in, now we're in, like, kind of crisis mode, and the prices are going down. And it, that's exactly what, in theory, should be happening because the supply has caught up with the demand. Right. And... How are you going to be ready for that? Like how that's your opportunity as the entrepreneur who's got that cannabis license. How are you ready for the crash? And what's your plan on that? And so it's something that a lot of people get into it and then they find out that their plans are crap and they're going under. And so I think that it was out of Gondrepreneur. I'm not sure if it's in our, no, it's not in our list this week, but I believe it was one out of three or yep. 37%. Right. The entrepreneur says that they are not making money, so they're not profitable. Now, any business, of course, any venture, when you get going, 
there is a 60 plus percent failure rate in five years. That's any business. And it's cannabis is starting to just be any business. Some people aren't making money at it. There's shareholder disputes. Just because you get the license doesn't mean it's all roses and you have generational wealth. You're going to have to have your generational work. You're, you're in an agricultural industry. And, you know? and Thomas, a lot of people that are farmers, growers, researchers, scientists, right across it, the people that are in it are so passionate about the medicine, about their creating a market and a product that people are using to increase their health. It's a wellness product now. And we're in the middle of the biggest clinical trial in medical history. And yet still the expansion of the, the user market, if you will, I think you even talked about there need more. How do you educate the masses if mass media won't allow you to even talk about it unless you do something wrong? And I'm talking about news and that sort of thing. I, I don't know how they're going to build the market unless they continue to offer tons of education at these dispensaries, create some kind of traffic flow in there. I create a curriculum, have a quiz, make it a pop quiz. You, you get nine out of 10 questions. You had to do some preparation for it. There's some kind of an incentive without a call to action. I'm not saying mm -hmm. for one joints or anything like that. I'm just saying there are ways to get out to the masses the education that needs to happen in order to expand the market. Yeah, and that's difficult. When I open that's up a pizzeria, I, started, yeah. I don't have to have an educational department for my pizzeria to explain to people that pizza is delicious. When you open a dispensary, because of like the years of prohibition, now we have to educate the people that come in. It's like, no, there's actually some good trade-offs of this. If this was more frontline in pain management from the accepted medical scientists, we would have substantially fewer opioid deaths, substantially fewer. People yeah. are way more likely to avoid that poor, terrible addiction if they have access to an inexpensive supply of cannabis. And we're starting to see that inexpensive supply of cannabis in states like yours, Massachusetts, and all of West Coast and Michigan, and soon New Jersey and New Mexico. But it's not really in Illinois. Like I don't have access to a high quality supply of usable cannabis. If I want to go buy an eighth and it's the high quality, the best quality one that they have legally for sale, it's $60. And then by the time I'm out the door, it's closer to 80 because of all the taxes. That's only 3.5 grams of high quality usable cannabis. That's maybe enough for a day for some people, which means that I'm not, I'm going to have to spend $80 a day to, to go through that, no way, or even at a gram pace, let's say it's a gram use right. as opposed to 3.5 grams, which that's is actually right. quite heavy. Yeah, that's um, medical well, that's use. Kind of medical use depends, like I'm saying, like somebody who's in pain, mm -hmm. like who otherwise would be turning to an opioid. Can we give them the amount of availability of high quality, pure tested cannabis to manage their pain care? and have that be affordable to them. That's the that's one of my policy goals whenever I'm looking at one of their rubrics that are coming through any particular state. The other one is, do you really care about this illicit market and making sure that it's a regulated market or is it just a racket? And so some states, it looks like it's just a racket. And some states, it looks like, no, we're trying to make sure that, like Michigan's a great example. You don't have an excuse. There's a hundred plant license. 
It's unlimited. Anybody can get it. If you want to get commercial, go for it. And so that that really helps. Right. Oh, look, we didn't even we haven't even touched on the home grow issue in different states. That to me is the craziest one. Mm. Uh, this is the one that I like to see, and this is reported this week out of the federal news network, the news network for the government. And so the government is saying that they are having a problem trying to attract high quality recruits for intelligence agencies because of the cannabis laws. It is becoming more and more difficult for the federal government to find recruits because out of the 905 respondents that completed a survey, they said 40% had used marijuana in the past 12 months and 31% had used, they had used some form of CBD or other hemp. And they found that 55% of respondents would consider applying for a job that requires a security clearance while 24% were a maybe. And so your security clearance jobs still require you to be straight from weed. You're not allowed to use it. It is bad. Okay. Like you can't use it medically. There's no medical use. It's schedule one. Letter of the law, my friend, that's what we're living under. It's one of the reasons why we're trying to build out this, uh, this little network of ours and the open conversations that we have, because uh, these laws have to change. Look, when you have a Supreme court justice and a president saying the same thing, the federal law and the state law that are, they're not, to, we have to do something about it. This is the first time in my lifetime I've actually heard that happen. What what is going to happen next when the our political and elected officials get a hold of the rules? What do you think is the one piece of legislation that has the biggest bipartisan support? Is it the banking? They're getting rid of just 280E. Is it taking it off schedule one and putting it somewhere on a schedule? Or many of the industry, of course, want it off all schedules. So what do you think is that? That uh, To me, it has to have something to do with money. Yeah. I think when you're looking at just the popularity of a particular policy issue, Cannabis legalization, at least for medical use, is one of the most bipartisan approval things out there. For a recreational use, it's still more than two thirds. Now that's getting into like, when you get two out of three Americans to agree on anything, we're getting into like protecting Medicare and stuff. Like yeah. that's yeah. something they all believe in and they aren't gonna say anything against that. And you can't, like, they aren't coming for Medicare. They're gonna make sure that gets paid and then they're going to say, vote for me, because they know that senior citizens vote and that are on Medicare or Medicaid. But the fact that the second most popular one, like legalizing it, which seems like it is very popular, every there will be a new Gallup poll released later this year. I know it. And it's probably going to smash the records from the previous Gallup poll, which smashed the records from the one before that, where it's about like 70 percent now that they want it. What? other issue in the country has a 70% approval or like you unanimous or unanimity in the sense that we are all on the same side here. We're bipartisan, reds, blues, Republicans, Democrats, who cares? Americans want this. That's the ultimate goal, Thomas, but getting there 
it's going to be difficult because you get all everybody's got to get a piece of the pie. Everybody has to put their own. Look what happened in Delaware for crying out loud. He got two times this guy had it finally out on his desk. He didn't sign it. It becomes law. There, it is. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to make it work. And you said something about senior citizens. Don't forget, you're mm -hmm. talking to one. Okay. And I'm happy when I get my Medicare prescriptions for zero. It helps keep this baby alive, if you will. And I don't just mean this baby, the whole for cannabis, maybe baby. And it's something that I hope that everybody gets one day on their taxes. And uh, I think that the, using the Obamacare like subsidies that are out there, that's starting to make healthcare more something that's being moved into your taxes, which is going to be a good thing and hopefully lowers a lot of the costs as more people are covered. And Americans start having more healthy wellness lifestyle options with cannabis, especially the cops, because that is something. Did you see this out of yeah, New Jersey? I did. New Jersey police, the Jersey City cops are suing over suspensions for off-duty cannabis use. How can it be legal if it's still illegal for the police to use cannabis right. in your state after it's been legalized? How does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense. But if you read, I read, I actually read this article because it caught my eye immediately. And it sounds like it's more of a miscommunication to the officers that, oh, we, it, it was legalized on this date. So we thought we could just go because that's what the court said. And of course, so, no, you, you didn't, it wasn't that time. It was this time. So there, this is, this is, this is miscommunication at its best. And now it's going to be union against The, um, police association. So look, uh oh, not every, the police associations. Yeah, I know everything is going to come down to this leverage negotiation and trying to find that middle ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it usually comes down to that, and it's two thirds past the hour. With that, let's go ahead and look at some weed and try to guess what strain it is as we play oh. Name That Strain. This one comes to us from an international viewer. And so this was a picture submitted out of the Philippines. And that is the strain that we're oh, trying to name I what, today. I know, what, I know what that is. Of course you do. And I will just give some hints because the people that are watching it, they are so good at this, but it, uh, one of the viewers, a shout out to Chad Westbrook. He's actually in Amsterdam right now, and hopefully he's getting some great content over there. Great place to be in mid to late April when the tulips are in bloom. But that nug that you're looking at on the screen is his parents were Aspen OG and skunk derived high county diesel. Those were their parents. And so it is... We're talking about Aspen OG and a high country diesel skunk. What do you think that would create? Barack Obama. Barack Obama? No, this is a, a very fuely. So it would have a lot of gas on it if you were going to okay. smell that. And that's that was Victoria Deshaun got it. She has jet fuel. That is correct. 
Jet that fuel. is some jet fuel. And if you guys want to buy some jet fuel, <laughs> hemp seeds, you might be able to find some. Let me go to the comments and I'll just drop it. There's our bit.ly link to uh, where yeah, you can see this. some. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's, I told you, Tom, I'm going to make this public. I am so impressed that you direct this show, stream this right. show, interact with your audience, host the show, keep an eye on the clock. I don't know if people understand how difficult that is. I don't know. I, it's one of those things I, where I just didn't have any other options. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. you had to do it. I had yeah. to learn how to do it. I get it. Wait. I, I, want, I love it framed just like that. That's a good frame. Yeah, it's not bad. It's uh, The iPhones are very smart now, and right. they'll get smarter in the future. We're very sure of it. And so that was Jet Fuel. Way to go on that. I couldn't believe that somebody I got, got a whole it. list. By the way, Thomas, I, I have a whole list of cannabis strains, funny uh -huh. cannabis strain. So it doesn't matter, but you can put up whatever you want, and I'll come up with something. Yeah. All right. Cool. We do have some financial news that came out last week but before that let's talk about the best news that i saw and it was 420 last week and hopefully you guys all had a great 420 and had some very some wonderful experiences maybe we should start treating 420 more like martin luther king day so you're supposed to go do some service because it's not legal enough we should do some activism before 420 on 420 and a lot of people do they actually there was a legislative week last week for Illinois Normal and the other license holders in the state, they went down on April 18th. So they did do a 420 event before 420. But this one was great. A Massachusetts company makes 420 a paid holiday. I know that. I went into Temescal Roots last week and said, hey, enjoy your day off. Yes. And that's something that I like as well. The wellness. Did I say Temescal Roots? Temescal, yeah, wellness, Temescal roots. There's a lot of roots. There's a lot of wellness. There's a lot of the word green sometimes. actually one of the earlier medical dispensaries. They went medical and then went adult. Good. Pretty decent, easy path. to. I say easy. There's nothing easy in cannabis when it comes to that. But they're pretty established now. Yeah, and that's that customer base that you really have to build and nurture by having good experience for those customers. And there's other stuff that you're going to have to do when you're out there trying to distinguish yourself. I've made my living on search engine optimization. Uh, you, sh you don't need it so much for your cultivation businesses, but you should, because then when people are looking for answers about things regarding what you do and sell for a living, you would have answered it for them and they appreciate that. And then with the dispensing, if you can't get found within three seconds of somebody hitting you on Google, man, they're going to buy weed from somebody who can do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. That tension span is down to under seven seconds. Oh, just wait until the AI start doing all their thinking for us. That's going gonna, gonna to be terrible. But it won't be that bad because it's already pretty bad. According to the Green Market Report, most cannabis companies underperformed last year and require funding to survive. Welcome to 2023. This is out of April 19th from John Schroyer on thegreenmarketreport.com. John does a good job, and I love the Green Market Report. Deborah Borchardt is someone I consider to be a friend in the yeah. business. 
Yep. And they, he's got the business about what's going to be happening. I and mean, this is his study that they did. And this is an Ernst and Young Global Limited study. Shout out to Ernst and Young. They found. No pardon? No relation. No relation. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> finance. Anyway, 58% of companies fell short from their financial performance expectations of their boards of directors. 57% of companies said they need more funding in the next 12 months to survive. More than 13% use layoffs to reduce costs in 2022, and 55% are expecting a good number of their competitors to exit the cannabis industry in 2023. Welcome to the industry, everybody. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. 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 And hurry up and wait. Cannabis standard time. One step forward, two steps backward. I uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Thomas, my vision is just to find people like yourself that are documenting the end of cannabis prohibition, the battle, people out there that are talking about it and interviewing the there's so many different people. You can interview the advocates, the politicians, the growers, the business people, the investors. There's so many different parts to this industry and everybody has a good story to tell. And I just don't know. I wish my insight was better, but because we're in uncharted territory every day, yep. we're part of history. It doesn't, you can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. A dear friend of mine was a CEO of a dispensary in Massachusetts. Everything was going along just swimmingly. And he showed up one day and they said, thank you very much. There's the door. No warning. Yeah. No uh, equity, no control. Yeah. So it, it is still, it's still the cannabis world and the business world and that business world are making the investor world. Those who want that ROI tomorrow, 20 fold, 100 fold, whatever, mm -hmm. this is what they believe in, but they don't understand how screwed up our system is right now. Let's just say, Hey, are we going to see more of this weed porn thing? Uh, uh, no, we just do the one name that strain. one nugget, one little just one because we're trying to fly slightly under the radar, but we still can't. And so the problem, one of the reasons why the channels don't grow as fast as they would, if we were talking about bubblegum and stickers, it has to do with suggested videos. And so we will not be given suggested videos. Okay. And it's one of those well, interesting things. Educational. Somebody actually, it was educational. I understand, but they just won't suggest it. And so the algorithm that could otherwise be making us larger. Probably. I understand uh, yeah, yeah, so that you get the selected on that. And so we'll look at our data and it is 99% not suggested videos and less than 1% suggested. That doesn't mean that the people that are out there don't enjoy a cannabis or cannabis legalization. It does mean good luck finding it. And so typically people find us through SEO and from there you grow slowly. Absolutely. And if you actually have a new show like we did in January, that got 39,000 views. That helps. And we picked up something like 600 subscribers in a 48-hour period. And then nice. YouTube saw it. Yeah. And flatlined it, I bet. <clears throat> so it's, it's like if you look at your analytics, they go, oh, oh look at that. Oh. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. And then, but then it's, now then we had a, what if that Mifepristone drug was found to, if the Supreme Court would have done the opposite and said, screw it, it's gone. And that becomes a crime. And there's 
female activists that are trying to get the message out about where women can get access to healthcare. Uh, would that get shut down then too by the algorithm because now it's also illegal? Is that why it's so difficult for us to legalize and why it goes so slowly is because you're not allowed to organize and you're not allowed to assemble as if you were right. talking about something else. If we were talking about barbecue, holy moly, I bet we would get suggested a lot more. But because we're not talking about barbecue, we're talking about cannabis legislation. But they allow that all the gun batter to go around. Just saying. Am I right? Yep. 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 It's something else, but opioids. Uh, we allow the opioids. We allow guns. Yep. This is it's once you get on the inside and you're legal, it's gonna all be sweet. We're gonna be buying politicians left and right. We're gonna make sure all laws help us. But then what'll happen is there'll be four cannabis companies. It'll it'll be four so, big ones like that do eighty percent of the business, and then five thousand dinky ones. We discuss this is a great question i'm going to ask it of you because i know you'll have an educated opinion about it if you had to pick the big conglomerate out there whether it be alcohol tobacco or pharma which one do you think ultimately will be more entrenched in the cannabis industry I'd say probably pharma, but then building materials will be the most entrenched in 20 years. Yeah, but we need 3D print technology before we would be able to do fun things with hemp. Yeah. They, Henry Ford did fun thing. He built a car out of it back in the day. I'm right? not saying that we couldn't, but then like you would need to use the monies to fund research and research is very expensive to do. And so well, it, like it can said, be difficult. We're in the middle of a clinical trial right now. There's 22 states where it's going to be legal to use. Where you use it is still up for debate, by the way, because mm -hmm. just because it's legal, they won't allow you to smoke in the public. And if you do it, you have to do it behind closed doors. And of course, if you're inside, that causes issues for others. There's just... They've done a great job, Thomas, of basically shutting any door that makes it easier or more people have access to the information. They're really, and I say they, it's our government that's doing this. And by the way, it trickles all the way down to the town governments too. Yeah, but they've been doing it for 90 years. And so I'm just desensitized to it. Let's do one last funny story to wrap it up. And that funny story is this. Did you know that there's a reason why people and worm get the cannabis munchies? Yes. And they, okay, that's good. That's a, there's a new study out there that says that not only do people experience the munchies, but also worms do as well. Don't they have a very similar digestive tract to ours? It was pretty, it's still unclear why they occur, yeah. but worms also get them. And they say that they are studied because they have the they react yeah. cannabis in the yeah. same way as humans by opting for delicious high calorie foods. See, I don't have, it doesn't have to be high calorie. It can be a delicious food that isn't high calorie. Just yeah. saying. Still, it says delicious foods in here. And it's just that these worms and then also humans, delicious foods after consuming cannabis and evidently worms and humans are sufficiently close together biologically so that they have evidently according to these types of scientific research people a similar response
Right. Let's make sure that the people that are out there that are imbibing don't get the munchies and eat the worms. Don't eat the worms. Yeah, okay. Please don't eat the worms, people. <laughs> All right, man. That's the cannabis legalization news for the week that was for 2023. I wanted to thank Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media for stopping by and filling in for Miggy, who is still out on leave. And Jimmy, thank you again for coming on and like spending the hour with us and going over the news of the week. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? Right there. That's why I've been sitting strategically with that over my shoulder. We live stream Monday through Sunday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week on ProCannabisMedia.com's homepage, where you'll also find a video on demand platform. We also have your YouTube channel. We also have your Facebook page and your LinkedIn page and a Twitch channel as well. We do about six hours of live, really live programming a week. Thomas, I'd really like to carry this show live. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up at the next board meeting sure. uh, and uh, see if we can make this happen because uh, i think you do a great job and i'm again i am so impressed with your directing ability and the lower thirds and the crawls mm -hmm. i love it i know it's Streamyard. it's Streamyard, and so they do make it easy for you i what i really would something you can help us with is I want a new intro kind of segment and a few new bumpers so I can restructure the framework of the show because I'm going to go talk with a guest right now on the 420 Somewhere podcast, and I'd like to incorporate that and blend it all more into the hour program. I'm, this, I'm basically going to look at Bill Maher's stuff and just steal. I can do it for you. Time. Oh, cool. I can do it for you, Thomas. Nice. Just call me. Okay. I will do. Will do. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you, everybody, for stopping, and we'll see you next week on Cannabis Legalization News.